Hi, welcome to Chat with Sunlight. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we will explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-based, Christ-centered education. Join us for everything you might be interested in, for organizing your homeschool, connecting with others, and details on literature-based learning, and maybe a few sneak peeks. Hello, welcome to Chat with Sunlight this week. I have invited Steve Demme to join us. I go around the country and I get to talk to families all the time. And often when they talk and they tell me about what math program they use, they use Matthew C. And the kids love Mr. Demme. They love how he presents his lessons. Um, I even know of a grandmother that thinks that Mr. Demme hangs the moon because she now understands geometry when she never learned it in school or in college. So um, welcome, Mr. Demi. Well, thank you. It's lovely to be here, Jonathan. Thanks for inviting me. I wanted you to tell, like, I have heard your story of how the all the clicks and the ahas of Matthew C. came about, but I know a lot of people do not know that backstory. They just jump into the curriculum and they love you because you're so much fun. But could you tell us the story? Absolutely. Can we have story time. Yes, <laughs> but it's a God story because as I look back now, I see God's fingerprints all over it. So I graduated from seminary and got married the next day. And God blessed us with Isaac nine months later. And then two years later, Ethan, and then Joseph, two and a half years, another two years, John uh, joined our family. Our first assignment as a family, though, before we even had the children, was in Georgia at a small church where I was the assistant to the pastor and the youth guy, because I'd always liked working with young people. So immediately upon my conversion, I became a Sunday school teacher, youth leader, etc. And then it was a small church. So they said, why don't you get some part-time work? And there was a friend of ours who was a retired school teacher, and he pretty much dragged me into the superintendent's office, who was a friend of his, and said, you need to make this man a math teacher. And that had never entered my thinking. And I went in, I filled out the paperwork, and within a week or two, they asked me to substitute teach. So I substitute taught six times in 10 days, and a couple of those were a math class. And then I got a phone call on a Sunday night and said, would you like to be a full-time math teacher tomorrow morning? This was March the 10th, but the math teacher was taking another position. They had an opening and they'd seen my work in the classroom and they asked me. Now, I have not had a an education class at all at this point. No education classes. And I really didn't have a complete math degree. I think they misinterpreted what I told them. So... I walked into the classroom, they gave me the books, and they said, go for it. I found out that God had given me a gift to connect with young people, and particularly to teach math. And so I taught there for the rest of that year, and the next two years, and I ended up getting awards teaching, so you'll be impressed. And I found out that really, that God had given me this gift. And so we had already determined, 1984, my wife and I went to our first homeschool conference, which we think may have been the second one in the country, historically. Oh, wow. And we were committed. At that point, we only had two, and one was coming. So we were just committed to homeschooling. And so as soon as we were ready to do it, Isaac joined the homeschooling ranks, then Ethan, then Joseph. And in the meantime, I'm teaching and preaching and at that point, I had become the full-time pastor, 
So I was doing both, teaching, preaching. And because the homeschoolers, a lot of them back in the 80s were nervous about teaching upper level math, they would ask me to do workshops at these homeschool conferences that were just starting to spring up because how do you teach a high schooler math? So I started the, the circuit way back in the 80s doing math workshops. And I was promoting the Saxon math. It's okay if I mention names. So okay, we sell Saxon too here at Sunlight. So. Well, the thing is, is that I really liked what I saw about it because I liked the review. I liked the word problems. I liked the way that he didn't let concepts just kind of go by the wayside. He kept bringing them back. But at the same time, one of those conferences, a manipulative based program showed up in the market. It had Montessori roots. And the parents came running over because I'm like the math resource now. Right. What do you think of this? What do you think of this? So I went to hear that man give a presentation that night who had written this program. And I learned more math in two hours. I had these light bulbs going off and I was just, aha, aha, aha. And I went home. Now, remember, my wife's got a several children at this point. She goes to bed early when Steve goes running around at night. So it's midnight. I walk in the door and I turn on the light in the bedroom. I throw these blocks on the bed. I say, wake up. I have to show you how to factor trinomials. I mean, I was pumped because I'm teaching this in school, but the kids didn't understand it. But when I was able to show people with these blocks, then the light bulb would go on. And in the morning, Ethan, who's now CEO, and Isaac, who's on the board and research, they were six, no, seven and five. I taught them how to factor trinomials and they got it. And I was astounded. So Johnny was born. This is the key part of the story. I probably would have continued teaching and preaching. I felt like I had giftings in both. But when Johnny was born, he was born with Down syndrome. And we had a really tough first year because he, first year of his life, because he almost died of a virus when he was a couple months old. That's when they detected he had a heart problem. So we had two catheterizations, open heart surgery, intestinal surgery. He gained a pound the first year. And my wife and I were shot. And I said, I can't continue teaching or preaching. We need to regroup and do something different as a family. So we moved to a different state. And I started tutoring children in math, by the way, or science or PE, anything to put some dollars on <laughs> Right. in our coffer because my dear wife had chronic fatigue epstein bar candida and she could hardly function and so i'm the breadwinner and trying to take care of the kids it was a very difficult couple of years but once again when i'm tutoring and i'm using these blocks i'm seeing children understand math and then one family one group of families said don't just come to our co-op each week and teach us some really cool stuff. We want you to be the entire math program. And I gulped and I said, okay. So I would drive down to Melrose, Massachusetts on Monday, teach the kids until the light bulb went on. And then I left them four worksheets to review and to practice that new concept and what we'd had previously. See, so I was kind of melding the manipulatives with the Saxon and adding my unique, that's the best word I can think of, personality. <laughs> and in 25 weeks, I had 100 worksheets, and these children were six, seven, and eight, and we had covered two and a half years of math. And I thought, wow, it's working. 
And then homeschoolers are tremendous networkers. And this is before social media. And they just told him, hey, Steve got this math program now. So then I started running around the country doing workshops and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, somebody said, you need to videotape yourself. Blocks are nice. Books are nice. But your teaching really is what helps the people the most. So we made the videotapes, which allowed me to sign up representatives who would then sell Matthew C. And these representatives were a big part of our early success because they were our feet on the ground and they would get feedback from parents and they would say, well, we need more of this and more of this. So I kept tweaking and revising the program. And long story short, here we are today. And by the way, the two classes for those homeschoolers that are listening that I still lack because I did start going to Georgia state and taking math classes and education classes, but there's two classes I haven't had. One is curriculum and development, which I've written. And the second one is methods of teaching math, which any school teachers out there will tell you that's the handsy onsy math class that they give to teachers to show them how to use manipulatives and things. And I taught that one summer at a college in New Hampshire, but I haven't had it yet. So all that to say, parents, there's no big secrets out there that they teach you in school. You're not missing anything. And I just tell moms and dads, learn along with your kids, because that's how I did it. I just kept trusting God and learning. And I do whatever it takes to get that light bulb to go on, though, because that's what makes me tick. Uh, I... A lot of the things that I developed for Matthew C were not developed in a classroom setting, but by working with kids one-on-one and continuing to tweak it. And I would probably add a whole bunch of stuff because to me, I'm always learning. And if I learn a new way, then I want to pass it on right away. And back in those days, before we were so big, I could do that. I could make tweaks between every edition. <laughs> but I would drive all of you guys crazy. So I won't do it anymore. So there you go. Now you have to ask me really good questions to help me to fill in what I forgot. Well, first question that came to my mind, and this is just a hypothetical question. You said you missed two classes. Have you ever thought about the fact that you didn't take the curriculum development class or the math manipulative class that maybe that helped you think outside of the box to create that God didn't put you in a boundary? Yeah, I don't like I don't I don't like boxes anyway. So <laughs> but no, I think you're absolutely right because I think I would listen to people's input if they came from a nation that knew what they were doing. And I just don't think American math educators are on the right track. So I think you have to think outside the box because we're one of the poorest industrialized nations in math. And why would I listen to somebody who's got a broken product? And, but you're right. And I, to me, the way we laid out Matthew C just made sense in that you really want to understand place value first Mm -hmm. and you want to get your basics down cold because you can't hold too much stuff in the front of your brain. I've had people explain this to me, but I think you have to have your facts mastered so then you can focus on concepts without having to think about the fact and the new concept and stuff. So it just made sense to me. But again, let me let me explain this. Okay. Um, if you've read Exodus, when God chose two men to build the tabernacle, 
I just did a podcast series, by the way, on the tabernacle. And okay. I never thought I would, but I ended up spending over 30 episodes. It's, it's, it's amazing. But the two men were Bezalel and Aholiab. And in one place, it says they were anointed or filled with the spirit to teach. So they didn't do all the work themselves, but God had anointed them to help others to come alongside and do the brass and the work and all the rest. And uh, God showed me that one time, says, Steve, this isn't your business. I gave you this ability and it's, it's your gifting by the spirit that helps you to connect with people and to make these videos and stuff. So I see God's fingerprints all back and forth in how we created the program, how we made our own blocks, the whole package. So tell me, I have two questions in my head. One, you talked about the blocks and I know most people know what Matthew C blocks look like, but then you have a negative and you have the positive side. So like the aha moment for the negative side, I want to hear. And the other side I have is, so when you first came and you told your wife, you're going to do this and she's got the babies and she has all the things going on. Was that hard? I mean, well, as a mom, I was going to say, I have friends that have husbands that have said, I'm changing our whole lifestyle. And I know that that's hard, but it's always been blessed when the wife comes along, even though watching it day in and day out sometimes is a trial well when we were living by the way in massachusetts at that point we had some tough years and we qualified for food stamps we weren't making a lot of money we were making enough and we didn't go into debt which was my main objective feed your family don't go into debt so we drove used cars we went to goodwill stores to buy clothes the whole package when we moved to pennsylvania um, the first year in order to make ends meet, I became a house painter again, which I had done all the way through college and seminary in the summers. I'm six foot five. I have an advantage. I can reach places. Most people can't. So I became a house painter working for an Amish contractor, by the way. And I was painting houses to provide our basics, but I was also continuing to develop the math program and write the next book and tweak it and the whole package. And it wasn't until um, probably 94, so it was several years in, that we were finally starting to make some money because we'd made the videos and then we could hire people, you know, to, to, to market it because I was a one-man show. If you'd called me, John, and you says, hey, I live in Alabama and I saw this math program at my sister-in-law's house over Thanksgiving. That's happened a lot, by the way. And I, she said, can I buy it? And I would say, no. I said, because I have to show you how to use these manipulatives. And so I said, would you have 20 friends in Alabama? And I would drive down there. I didn't have money for flying. I would drive down there. I would put blocks all over the tables and teach parents for six hours. It's in school terminology. It's an in-service training day. I taught you how to use the blocks. So, yeah, finally, one day I said to Sandy, I said, I think we can make a go of it with just the math. What do you think? And that's when she said, you yeah, know, go for it. So I was doing both. But when I finally felt it was getting its wings, and then we made we made the uh, jump. But dear, dear, dear Sandy, we're homeschooling. The basement is Matthew C. And pretty soon the basement was outgrown. And then it was the basement and the garage. And then it was the basement and the garage. And 
we had somebody working upstairs and she finally said, you need to move. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. Well, people would come in and they would drop off the block sets that they were assembling for us. And then they'd stop and talk to Sandy. Well, she's trying to homeschool. She's got a special needs child. Then we got UPS coming twice a day. We've got 18 wheelers backing up into our driveway, dropping off blocks and, she finally had enough. So we moved to this barn and that became our headquarters for many years. But yeah, so she was totally on board. There was no problem, but it was, uh, it was definitely a family business because my kids grew up putting the, the labels on VHS, which some of your young people don't know what that is. And then I totally remember the VHS and the, the spiral bound instructor guides and my first in- introduction to Matthew C. Somebody said, "Oh, here's some free curriculum. If you want it, though, you're gonna have to buy blocks. But here's some VHS tapes. Like I had a beta tape and an alpha workbook, and I was like, I don't, I don't even know what this stuff is about. <laughs> <laughs> but then I met Ethan, and Ethan did, you know, a training day with us, and there was a huge aha. I'm like, oh, why wasn't I not introduced to this a long time ago? But my yeah. first time was like in about 2002, I think is when I've got my first, my first glimpse of it. So Yeah. Well, as soon as you said that I'm back in 2002, I remember those days. So, yeah. okay. What other questions do you have? That was a good one. When did you come up with negative? Why? Well, How the does- first, the first blocks that I was introduced, the top did not have the nubs like ours have looked like a, a Lego, except it's right. like a square top instead of a round top. And the, and the bottoms have individual compartments. So if you hold the block a certain way, you see the five nubs, for example, and the five bars sticking up. But on the back, when you flip it, it's five hollow cavities. And the original blocks that I had did not have the cavities. It was just all hollow. So there was a girl that had uh, trained me in how to use the manipulatives. And she and I started thinking, boy, wouldn't it be fun if we had this? And wouldn't it be? And so we kept tweaking it. And finally, we, uh, we bought our own molds in America to produce our own blocks. But okay. so th- th- those negative things are huge, though, because I don't even like the words takeaway. I don't know what takeaway means. Kids don't use those words in in real life. So I can show them this is a positive five. This is a negative five. Then you can take the two negatives and you make a positive. And just so much of even pre-algebra that you can illustrate with the blocks because of that. Because negative numbers are, um, they're tough for some kids. And I usually use the concept of money. You know, I have $5. I owe you $3. How much do I have left? I've got two bucks left, but then I can show that with the block. So. Okay. Um, one other thing that I was, you were talking, one question I hear often, um, or I see moms talk about, so like, they are like, why do we have to do all multiplication one year and all division the next year? And I've heard people give advice. You could do them simultaneously, or you could do one-on-one. But then the next question usually is, and why do we have to do all these exponents and stuff in the multiplication? And I think I've heard your answer before, but I thought I'd let you give the answer here for these. Okay. No, good questions. Um, I like to master addition before I even touch subtraction, because once you master your addition facts, subtraction is just the opposite. And so if you know that seven plus three, is 10, 
and you can show that with the blocks. And then you say, what plus three makes 10? That's really a subtraction problem. It's hard for me to say that without writing this and showing it. I'm, I'm uh, handicapped <laughs> here. But if you master the one, the other one flows. And the same with multiplication division. They're inverses. So if you know that three times seven is 21, and then you draw a little box and you've got a three on the outside and a 21 on the inside of the box. And you say three times what gives you 21. Oh, I know that that's three times seven is 21. So they're inverses. And I'll give you a, a very practical example. There was a school in Vermont that was using Matthew C. And I trained the teachers. And one year, one of the teachers called me and they said, how do you teach division again? And I said, well, you just taught it last year. She said, no, I remember I didn't have to. I said, what do you mean? She said, when we mastered multiplication, I introduced division as multiplication's cousin and the kids got it in one day. So she never had to teach division because once they had mastered multiplication and then seen the relationship or the connection, division didn't have to be taught. And so that's why. I, yeah. I just and I think some kids get confused if you do them simultaneously because they forget which operation goes with which. They just focus on one, master it, and then teach the connection and it goes. Now, the exponents is an interesting question because um I like to think big picture as well as very practical. Right. Big picture, math is counting. It's just counting. But in the decimal system, you don't count the 10. You count from 0 to 9. And then you go from 10 to 19, et cetera. Okay. So bottom line, math is counting. But fast counting of the same number or fast counting of two numbers is addition. Mm -hmm. So I could say 2 plus 3 is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I, can, I could count to find that answer. But it's much more efficient if I just learn that two plus three is five. Right. Okay. So the, the next level of math is adding and subtracting. And then, and this is the coolest one. I'm getting goosebumps telling you this. Fast adding of the same number is multiplication. So if you say three plus three plus three plus three, you could say three plus three is six plus three is nine plus three is 12. And you'd get three counted four times is 12. But we teach them to learn three times four is 12. So fast counting is adding. Fast adding is multiplication. And here you go. Fast multiplying of the same number is exponents. So three times three times three times three is three to the fourth power. And see, that's that's exponents. And the opposite of exponents is um, square roots. So mm -hmm. you really only have four levels of math. That's it. We don't we don't have fast exponents of the same number. We just we have fast counting, fast adding, fast multiplying. And there's only four levels of math. And so there you go. But I I try to teach. I try to sprinkle algebra throughout the lower quote levels because then when they get to algebra, this is not a new thing. And I've even had kids say, when they got to eighth grade, they went, this is what everybody's all worked up about, this piece of cake. But they didn't realize that they'd been solving for an unknown since alpha. They'd been solving for an unknowns in gamma and delta 
So they really had a whole bunch of algebra, but we made it so painless that they thought it's a piece of cake. I, I love that. Yeah. I was going to say, my kids, so I am not an original come into Matthew C from the beginning person. We've been in the middle and went on and my kids did great. But I know having my older kids not use it and my younger two use it, their approach towards math it was like, oh, this is easy. And like some of my older kids are like, no, it wasn't. That is learn this approach. Yeah, that's well said. And I asked a dad one time who same experience. He had a large family. And he said, uh, the older kids, when we started, it was a little bit of a shift because they were used to just doing numbers and paper and all that kind of stuff. He, and I said, well, how was it with the younger ones? And he said, uh, the youngest one who had done nothing but Matthew C was far superior to all the other kids because right. she just had it. She thought differently than the other kids. The other kids had to kind of, it's like learning a foreign language as an adult. You have to kind of go through steps, right. <laughs> whereas learning a foreign language as a kid, you just absorb it and just pick it up. So, yeah, I haven't done any serious you know, research and beta testing, but I think I've heard that more than once that the kids that start with it, it, it's just much easier for them. Right. And I wish I had started with my youngest one with it. I think it would have been an excellent program from the beginning for him. He's a very visual yeah. learner. And that was not how we started out because we did what we did with the older kids. So, well, my, my, my dear wife, when we started homeschooling, she envisioned, and we did, we went out and got two desks at a yard sale. We refinished them. We put them in a room across from her desk. We put the alphabet around the walls. We put a flag up in the corner because we were trying to homeschool. Right. You were doing school in the home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all we knew. And by the next year, the kitchen table was working and pretty soon any room worked. And, you know, we, we had to let the strings out a little bit and lighten up a little bit. But, and God bless her. She thought, that school was workbooks because she loved workbooks when she was in school and she had four boys, but okay. she, she grew with them and she quickly saw these kids need hands-on stuff. They don't need to be filling out worksheets. And so, and one kid, well, it was Ethan. We couldn't even teach him sitting down because he had so much energy. So we put a whiteboard on the wall and she taught him how to read standing up after he ran laps around the outside of the house a couple of times. So I remember, right? Ethan's your, he's very adventurous. He likes to go hiking and mountain climbing and all the yeah, things. Yeah, when nobody else is. Yeah. So he, he climbed Mount Washington in February. Oh, that's I don't know if you heard this year, but that was the coldest recorded temperature in the United States and all that. And I asked him once, I said, uh, why didn't you do it in the summer? He goes, anybody can climb it in the summer. So, and his goggles <laughs> were frozen to his beard. That was his Facebook oh. profile picture for a while. That's a little scary. And my wife and I were praying our hearts out that he wouldn't freeze on the mountain. So I was about to say, do you have camel knees over these boys? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a good expression. Yes, I, I use it often. That's about how I have to approach life is I, I got camel knees. I'm good. <laughs> if you had one advice to give to a homeschool family starting out, which you've been a homeschool family starting out, doesn't have to be about math. What would be your biggest advice to a family? Well, the first thing that came to my mind when you asked me that question was don't assume anything. 
especially if you're pulling your kids out of a traditional school setting, uh, good kids are able to keep their head down and do their work and pass without really learning anything. And you and I know that because we went to schools <laughs> and um, don't assume anything. Um, find out where the holes are, especially in math. If if a child struggles with multiplication, division is going to be a nightmare. So find out what they know and start there. So take some time, first of all, just to assess them. Just work with them. Don't, don't feel this pressure to uh, whatever. Just take some time, get to know your kids and find out what they know and then start there. And remember that you're a tutor. A homeschool parent is not a classroom teacher. They're tutors. And tutors, the first thing they do is find out what the kid knows and then they start there and they move at the child's pace. They don't follow the curriculum. They make the curriculum follow the kid. And that, to me, was a major uh, paradigm shift. Having come from being a teacher and having grown up going to classes, uh, no. Yeah, you're a tutor, and tutors move at the child's pace. And so it's really child-oriented. So that's probably my biggest piece of advice. And do a lot of praying. Great, <laughs> your camel knees. <laughs> yeah, amen. Um, well, Steve, I thank you for joining me today. If you have questions, listeners, and you want me to pass this on to Mr. Steve, I will. Um, he might can give me the link to his podcast about the tabernacle so I could put it in our comments so that if you're interested in hearing his podcast on the tabernacle, we can just reference it. Um, is well, there... I, have, I have 350 podcasts. How do you like that? Did oh, you wow. know that? No, I did not. No, this is my 10th year of podcasting. I try to do one a week, uh, but you can go to buildingfaithfamilies.org. And that's my website for books I've written for families and a lot of yeah, free resources, podcasts, all kind of stuff there. So Building Faith Families, and you can email me just sdemi at demilearning.com if they have particular questions. Okay, that'd be great. And I know I've read your books. You're building faith families books, but it's very encouraging and very uplifting, um, very uh, convicting at times. And I appreciate the work that you put into that book. Or those well, thank books. you. Um, just let us know comments. Just know that Sunlight is praying for you families. We pray for you too, Mr. Steve. Thank you. And that, um, we look forward to seeing you again next week and I'll see you at conventions. Yeah. So can I close in prayer? Yes, you can. Thank you. You're welcome. Father, thank you for this time. And thank you for all the ways that you've led our paths. It looked circuitous when we were going through them, but now we look back and we see that you were faithful over every aspect. And bless the families that are listening today. Give them fresh courage and fresh hope. And uh, bless the kids. We know that our families are under attack in our country and all around the world, but we ask you to deliver us from evil and give us what we need, our daily bread. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Do you have an idea for a podcast topic, or do you want to chat with Sunlight on an upcoming episode? Email us at connections at sunlight.com.